This is Banging on the Drum. It is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin. And I wish I was kind of up there because we got a storm rolling through right now. And I think I'm having technical difficulties because of that. Probably not. I don't know why that would be the issue. But anyways, I'm your host, P-Dog. Joined along with the co-host, M-Dog. That was a nice bark, Mike. Sounds like you uh, fully have gotten over the Packer game. Oh, no. No. (laughs) I actually counted out how many weeks we have until uh, meaningful Packer football again today. How many weeks is that? Like 34. Oof. Yeah, that's rough. It will be long. But we are bringing on our Bucks correspondent, K9 Kyle, today. So he will catch us up with the Bucks. And then from there on out, we will just lock into the Bucks, lock into some Badgers basketball, get ready for the football offseason. So that's what this show is going to prepare us for. Hopefully it prepares you for that as well. If you are somewhat like us and kind of just are more NFL based until the NFL is over. And then you got to jump into something else to fill the NFL void. Yeah. I, I mean, this, this will get me through. And then I'm excited about Bucks basketball. I think that they have an opportunity to, be one of the best teams in the East again and make a push at a championship. I'm excited about Badger basketball. I think once Tyler Wall is kind of healthy, things will look good there. I'm always excited about the draft, even though I never really want a high draft pick. Um, The draft intrigues me quite a bit. So I think the offseason has a lot to to offer us as Wisconsin sports fans. Yeah. No, it, it should be a good offseason. The Brewers, I say offseason, off uh, NFL season. Uh, the Brewers still have been kind of not doing too much in the offseason. I see we signed Wade Miley. So Miley's going to be doing his second stint with uh, the Brewers, but it definitely does seem like we should get some sort of bat signed there if we want to have a fully successful brewer season and give it a full go at it. But we'll we'll do the brewers some other time as well. I think after today, we're going to be cutting down to one episode a week. And then we're going to be doing some cleanup duty on the other day that we would be recording. So hopefully we can make this an enjoyable experience. Uh, I think I think we can make it better. Yeah, so hopefully we don't just go down to one and then not do the work we're intending to do, right? <laughs> Which is more, can, the, more than likely what's going to happen. That, it's like a 50-50 opportunity. We might get to do some work and we might not. It's always a possibility. No, I, I it is going to get better. Um, I'm going to miss talking about the Packers, though. But I think we will have episodes prepared a little bit better than we normally do. So I think we're going to 
not that anybody needs to know what the prep night is, but prep nights on Monday, record on Thursday, episode out by Friday, and then give people a weekend to listen to it. I understand the weekend's probably when I listen to the least amount of podcasts, but anyways, it'll, yeah. it'll be there all week. Um, so yeah, we're, we're just kicking around things like that, but I, I think it'll be good for us. Not that this has been like much of a grind uh, doing those. Cause like, like we said, we don't every once in a while, we do a good job prepping for it, but it's not, it's not the norm. Norm is an hour before going back, trying to recap in our brain what we saw over the weekend. So I think this will be a nice change. But then I think when the football start season starts back up, we'll we'll go back to two. But hopefully we'll have some things streamlined so it's a little bit easier to get a better product out. Yeah, I think I think it'll be it'll be positive. And I think if we can set up some like systems, we'll be We'll be in good shape. Yeah. Yep. 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 All right, Mike, let's roll into it. You're the one with the spicy meatballs today. So that's a spicy meatball. What do you got? How many jalapenos do you think you're going to be shooting for? Well, um, see, I think that most people will actually love the idea of a Monday night game in the playoffs, but I think it's dumb. And I think, I would say that I think that you shouldn't push a game out to Monday night just because like this is when all the games should be even. Everybody should have the same amount of prep time and it would, it should all just like flow into each other. Right. And I would, I, if I was the NFL, I would even put all the AFC games on one day and all the NFC games on another day. Yeah. Saturday, I mean, Saturday, Sunday, just keep it even like, Everybody has, I mean, outside of like three or four hours, the same amount of time to prepare, maybe six hours, right? Yeah. But you just do like AFC on Sunday, NFC on Saturday, and be done with it. And then on top of the fact that they're having a Monday night playoff game, it's the Cowboys and the Bucks, And I think that game sounds like a miserable game to watch. And we're going to have to watch it on prime time on Monday night twice this year. We had it in week one, and now we're going to have it again in the wild card week. And I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a different story this time around. But I do, they definitely did milk it. Like they're like, this could be Tom Brady's last game. So I think that's why it got that slot. Like I think I'm going to stay up and and wait to see like what Brady does in the playoffs. But I I completely agree with you and. It's already set up to have the one league play on one night, one league to play on the other night. And then when the Super Bowl comes, they take the week off the week before. And now the Pro Bowl's played in that week. So, yeah. Yeah. It just seems stupid that they set it up like the schedule could be perfect to give teams like adequate rest, even rest. Yeah. So there's no gripe but then they don't do it. So it's just right. weird. And there's really no overlap of games. I mean, the NFL could easily hold a game, say that the noon games goes into overtime and it runs to 345. The NFL can just hold the kickoff of the next game, push everything back like you would at, say, like a basketball tournament in one gym. 
Yeah. I mean, they run the show. They could just say, no, we're not, we're not running until this starts. Right. So this ends and then we'll start, but we're not, we're not dealing with like a overlap in games. You don't have to. Yeah. And I always find it weird that on Saturdays, they're like hesitant to start games early. So usually um, I'm going to look down at the schedule that Mike so promptly put, but yeah, so usually like on Sunday, you'll have a game starting at 12, but never on Saturdays. Always when there's a Saturday game, they always started at 3.30. And I don't fully understand why that is because um, college football starts at 11 in the morning, uh, your guys' time. So I don't well, in At times in the um, NFL, they got games that start at eight o'clock in the morning. It's perfect. It's a perfect day for me. I yeah. love that day when we get an eight o'clock in the morning, London game rolls right into the noon games, which rolls right into the afternoon games. And then you get a Sunday night game. Yeah. That's a great day. Yeah. London games are great. And I think being on the East coast, it's like helped me realize that I just wish sports were on earlier in the morning. Normally. Um, I, I think I would that's that's my favorite thing about uh like the Premier League, the English Premier League is like the times of those games fit my schedule so perfectly, but soccer just sucks so bad <laughs> that like I still can't get into it. Cause I mean, usually on the weekends when it's that time, like I'm not very obligated to do something. And then right. Then on, say, like Monday night or even like Sunday night, too. It's just like family time. So it's like, you know, spend time with your wife. Like, and my wife does a great job of trying to like watch the games with me. But the time the red zone stuff's over or like we had already watched a Packer game, it's done to her. So, yeah, I mean, I could start the start the NFL schedule at yeah. Eight in the morning every week, even if it was like, I mean, not London games, but, but whatever. I, I don't know how many jalapenos I will be able to give you for that one. Just because I, I think it's just right. Like maybe it's cool to have a Monday night game, but I, I would rather not. I, I don't know. I so I would be relatively pissed if the Packers ended up in that Monday night game. I think that it puts them on a short rest. I would imagine that there's no way the NFL puts them on Saturday. Yeah, like there's like no way. But you you never know, right? I guess it's possible. I just can't imagine that they would allow it to happen because I don't know if it's set up as like seedings go into into I, like certain days i'm not sure how that works yeah i am not positive about that at all either but yeah it, it just seems like such an easy fix let's do nfc on saturday afc on sunday make it so there's no bitching even though surprisingly i don't see much of that kind of bitching when it comes to the playoffs uh with with fan bases but I, i'm surprised you don't see it more like if a team yeah. that played on Sunday has to play the next Saturday, 
I'm surprised people don't scapegoat that a little bit more. But anyways, with the jalapenos, I think I'm just going to flip it to a, a good idea. And I'm going to give you eight stars for good idea. So it's not a spicy meatball. All right. <laughs> I tried. Well, all right. We'll roll right into hot in the streets. Pew, pew, pew. What you got, Mike? All right. So I'll start off with the one that is like the most closely related to what we've just done. So we talk about CJ Williams um, potentially becoming a Badger. He commits this week to the Badgers. Uh, Big thick energy strikes again. Yeah, it's just crazy, like how how exciting that this recruiting and transferring stuff has been. Like, I'm in a group chat and we're talking about it every single day. Like, the Badgers just got another guy. The Badgers just got another guy. This is what yep. is what it must feel like to be. I don't know if I'd say a Georgia fan because I think if you're a Georgia fan, it just gets like old after a while. But like some semi good team that recruits. Well, I remember like Maryland was like pulling off, but not Maryland. That, that's a bad example. I don't know, maybe like Mississippi State or like Auburn or something like that. Well, like the year old Miss hit like six top 100 guys or whatever. So I want to say that that's the uh, Metcalf and AJ Brown. Like they hit like six super high end recruits on like signing week or something like that. Yeah, that's insane. Right. Well, they were cheating, but that's not the point. That one's actually like they were prosecuted for cheating doing that. No, no, but the guy retired the head coach like with it or like quit within like two years of it. They were under investigation or something. Yeah, he pulled off the exit before he got caught speeding down the interstate. Yeah. And then like on top. On top of that, they weren't even good. Like you get all those guys and then you're not good. I guess that could be something that's concerning is you're just bringing in players into Wisconsin, but you're not bringing in like the right type of character guys. And yeah. if we if we end up with three, like two or three losses next year, people are going to lose their fucking mind. I think, I think there's a possibility that that happens as well. And For sure. And Michigan State was a team that I noticed that was catching a lot of shit. But for doing this similar thing is just like grabbing a bunch of transfers. And then once they grab an, a bunch of transfers, they're like, oh, there's no culture here. Things along those lines. So, I mean, there might be some growing pains, like especially because with the continuity of the team and uh, the new offensive coordinator, Mike. Get it for me. Who? Phil Longo. Longo. Um, We're just running a completely different offense that the Badgers are used to doing. So, like, the players who are still there are all going to be learning a new thing. Um, Looks like we got a new defense coming to town. So, everything's going to be changing. So, so there, there might be growing pains with it. It does seem like we're getting talent to help us, like, outgrow that pain. But 
I don't know. I mean, you've seen it so many times, like in the NFL, in other sports, when you're putting together a dream team, not saying Wisconsin's getting the best 11 offensive starters in the country, but there's growing pains when you just throw a bunch of people who don't know each other that well into a room and just expect them to be good at doing what they do. But I'm going to still be optimistic, but I I mean, I'm going to have a longer leash than most people uh, with how this first Badger season goes under Fickle. Yeah. I just like, so I've heard a number of people who almost can't deal with the fact that the Badgers have always been good and never been great. Right. So they never really have a real opportunity at the national championship and they can't deal with that. They need to make a di- like make a big change. They need to jump into something different. They need to do something more drastic. I've even heard people who talk like that that won't talk that way about the Packers. Like Packers are fine. I like winning with the Packers. And then with the Badgers, winning isn't good enough. Right. It has to be like national championships or bust. You have to take the next step. You have to be on the cusp of it. And so I think if the Badgers have another season that is underperforming, which I think even even three losses, I think people will be disappointed in the Badgers. And next year you might get both Michigan and Ohio State on your schedule. And it might be two almost guaranteed losses right there, right? So I wouldn't imagine in the first year that Fickle is going to be prepared to take on Michigan or Ohio State. I could be wrong. Yeah, no, that will be a big piece of it is, I guess, who they're playing. Because, I mean, when you're playing in the Big Ten West, you, you should come out of there. You should go to a bowl game if you're a decent team. But I'm kind of falling under the the impression, too, is like, why not Madison? Like, why hasn't it been Madison? Why is it Columbus? Why is it Tuscaloosa? Why is it Athens, Georgia? Like, none of these places that these big-time program – I can't think of where Clemson is. Clemson, yeah, I don't know. But – It could be a city. I'm not sure. Yeah, but it's – it doesn't seem too unrealistic to me that bat like Madison could be one of the better, if not best towns out of all the towns that I just list listed. So I, I think we're biased, right? With a lot of that for sure. No, I, okay. I agree with you on that. Like I, I won't completely disagree with you. I've never been to Columbus or Tuscaloosa. I've never been to any of those cities that I just said, but I just can't imagine it being, that much better than Madison. I, I would say they're pretty comparable, if not worse than living in Madison. Because even if you look up like the standard of living and like hear from people, I was listening to a podcast today about, or it, it had a comedian on, and he was like, Yeah, the best, one of the best cities to do comedy in is Madison, which, whatever, you could take that any way you want like but i just think that shows something like good like people people like to go to madison to perform and do stuff and i don't know i i 
I could see it both ways. I could see like this really turning Madison into a powerhouse. Cause like I said, like what, what's the difference with those schools that, you know, if it was Harvard winning every single national championship, I would be like, okay, there's, there's something that's different about those schools than Madison, like the benefits that you get from not obviously that flipped like Harvard used to be like the place to go to get an education where like the more talented people would probably go if they had the opportunity to go there. That's because it was about the education and not about the football program. We're now today it's about the football program and not about the education. So people make more money playing football than they will with whatever they get for their education. Uh, with their degree, right? Especially right away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it all. Makes That's sense. why that flipped, right? Is because yeah, football actually became the money maker instead of because Army used to win a bunch too. I think. yeah, yeah. And uh, so I think that a lot of it comes down to like pedigree, right? So very rarely do you see anyone flip pedigree on its head. So Clemson did recently. Uh, TCU has an opportunity to do that, but Ohio state has always been a thing. Um, Michigan has always been a thing. And now that set got set in the fifties or whatever. Alabama was a program all through the sixties and seventies. Right. So I think that to some extent they take bigger risks in order to win. And where the Badgers were like, we just want to be a winning program when Barry Alvarez got there. And so they flipped that on its head. And I think there were years that they could have, I don't want to say like easily made the playoff, but they could have made the playoff in years previous to when the playoff started existing. And then since the playoffs started existing, I feel like they they get one massive loss to somebody, right? And then they shit the bet against somebody else, right? So they shit the bet against the Northwestern. They end up with two losses on the season. And nobody's going to put you in if you get that second loss. And it's especially if it's to a bad team, right? So if you get two losses in there to like LSU and Georgia, that's one thing. Or you get two losses in there to Michigan and Ohio State, and you lost to Ohio State by three in the Big Ten title game, like you might have an opportunity. But they're not going to give you the opportunity when you're playing a team like Northwestern and not winning. Or you play a team like Iowa, who's 20th in the country, and you don't win. Yeah. No. Yeah, I get that. So I just looked up the schedule. So it doesn't look too bad. So we have Buffalo Week 1, Washington State Week 2, Georgia Southern week three. So you need to be undefeated going into the big 10 season. And then we have Purdue in West Lafayette, Rutgers at home, Iowa at home, Illinois in uh, Champaign. Our biggest game, Ohio state is in Cap Randall this year. And then we finish out the season with Indiana Northwestern, Nebraska and Minnesota. So nothing crazy. Um, the only one that seems like it's a definitive L from past 
thing is Ohio State. I know Illinois is kind of turning their program yeah. around. I think Bielema is such a good hire for, for a team like Illinois. Uh, so they could be scrappy again. I mean, they they beat us like we stole something this year from them. Right, but so like that game wasn't out of hand until Mertz makes mistakes, right? So everything was like them driving from their own like 40 or 50 instead of like from their 10. We didn't like our defense was really good and we didn't play a field position game. But yeah, we got beat pretty bad. It got out of hand late too. Yeah. Um, and then Illinois didn't keep up the pressure late in the season. And so I don't know what that's all about, like why their team kind of struggled late in the season, but they did. Yeah. Right? So our first real test should be when we go to Iowa or when we're playing Iowa. That should be the first real test. Iowa always seems to put together some type of team that can at least compete. Yeah. And they're they're in Madison this year. So like our tough games are at home this year. Uh, except for Illinois. I would, I would consider, yeah, I, but I would consider Minnesota a tough game now. I'll give them a little yeah. bit of respect. So, so they're turning around too. Yeah. Like, but in Madison, you have to be good. And maybe that's what McIntosh saw. And he's like, we can't stay with the status quo. We can't continue with Chris if all these other programs are going to take a step up. All right, on to the next one. All right, so apparently Jawan Howard is at it again. He he's trending on Twitter. Must have done some stupid crap during a game tonight or whatever. So basically, just clowning around like he did against the Badgers. It appears that he may have stepped onto the court when there was a fast break for Michigan State, which is a little bit interesting. Yeah, but, I haven't heard anything about this one, so I might have to tap this in a different episode, but fiery yeah, coach just, there. And all I saw that he was trending on Twitter and it and he I can't imagine that he sticks around. They've haven't been getting better, right? So Michigan was like a borderline like national champion contender, and then everything's kind of eroded in the last couple of years with him. Um but very, very passionate guy. Uh, I think his emotions get the best of him frequently. Yeah. All right. Next one, Mike. Next one. All right. So Green Bay hired a female for their assistant athletic trainer. First one in franchise history. I would assume that's not the first one in NFL history. No, I don't like, think so. We are like, we can do better than that. Um, it does sound like they shut the comments off on Twitter because things got a little out of hand negatively. And I think that's pretty stupid, right? So like, obviously she can do the job. Otherwise they wouldn't offer it to her. Like, yeah, that, that seems a little ridiculous. Like that doesn't seem like a job you need. Like, I don't know to be like super strong to do. Not that a woman couldn't do it if they were, Right. You know, they, they could be strong enough to do, but it's not like something you need a guy. Yeah, I can't, I can't figure out why, like it would be relevant that a female's doing that job. Right. So like, there's things that I can see that like people would argue for like, well, it's harder for a female to do this or whatever. That's not one of them that I think 
would be it, right? So, th- not at all. I would almost like prefer uh, a female athletic trainer. Like, when you say assistant athletic trainer, is that like more of like in the health department or is that more of like the actual training? I don't even know. That's well, I would, I would assume that it's the person who makes sure guys get the right like treatments and then can get back on the field. Right? Yeah. That's, that's what I would assume. And They're probably the people that are setting up the workout programs and that kind of stuff. That'd be my assumption. Yeah. Maybe not. I mean, that's a strength coach, I suppose. Yeah. It could be a strength coach could be whatever, but even no matter what it is. Yeah. I don't see how there's a gender uh, attached to that role. So that's, that's pretty shitty. Like what, right. what would you say? It's like, I don't want this bitch to touch me. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. Right. Like, unless you think women are just stupider, right. Which I, you know, I don't subscribe to. I don't understand how you think this is an issue because I, I do think that this is more of a, like a knowledge-based profession rather than a, like a physical-based profession, right? Where if it's a physical-based profession, you could argue, well, like in general, women aren't as strong, but I don't think that's what this is. So, yeah. All right. We got our guest chomping on the bit to get in here. So Mike, let's, let's roll through these. All right. Triple A baseball is using robot umpires. I like it. Let's Enjoy. let's I lo- I like it too. Yeah, let's see how that goes. Lamar Jackson is out versus the Bengals. I think that means the Ravens are exiting these playoffs early. Yeah, I think that uh without Lamar Jackson, the Bengals do not win games. Yeah. And especially versus the Bengals. So Yep. I think that's a Pretty lucky for the Bengals there. And then we have open NFL head coaching positions hot in the street. Get your resumes ready, boys, because there's a lot of jobs to be applying for. So the Cardinals are open. The Broncos are open. The Colts are open. The Panthers are open. And also the Texans are open. It looks like even Mike could get a job out there if he was applying for a head coaching job. Oh, I got I think I'm going to accept all five. All right. I'm going to coach all five of them teams, I think. So so I'm going to make Mike pause this real quick, and then we will get Kyle in here, or canine Kyle in here, to bark about the Bucks. Now, welcoming to the show what all the viewers have been asking for. We are bringing back our Bucks correspondent, K9 Kyle to bark about the Bucks. <laughs> Mike, you didn't bark at all. Mike. No, I was I was thinking when it was like the intro. I fucked it up. My bad, guys. Good job no. barking though. I appreciate it. <laughs> I seen why Mike got thrown off right away. It's because I started talking over the thing where it says this meeting is being recorded. So you're going to hear this meeting is being recorded, but, but what most of the people have been wondering, so they know Kyle knows his stuff about the bucks. uh, But I mean, he beat uh, Mike in the trivia contest, like 15 to nothing. Yeah, it was, it was bad. It was a stomping. 
So now we are just going to learn more about our Bucks correspondent. So we reached out to have people emailing us uh, questions and and we're going to see how Kyle answers the questions. So these people just really want to know about you, Kyle. So you ready for this? Yeah, let's go. All right. So Tim from Kendall wants to know how big is your penis? <laughs> uh, yeah, not. I'm, I'm good. So we'll we'll say that a little smaller than normal. Uh, <laughs> sure. Just a little bit. All right, Craig from Toma wants to know how does your wife have big boobs? Uh, I mean, kind of. Okay. They're not like so, um, too big, but they're so not little... we'll take that as she has big boobs. <clears throat> All right, so Mike wants to know what your favorite color is. Uh, red, just like my shirt. Is it Ninja Turtles correlated? Are you a Raphael? I, I am. That's probably why. I don't know. But I Raphael. like Raphael. Raphael sucks. Raphael's the worst Ninja Turtle. No, like Donatello and Leonardo are the worst. <clears throat> I forget which one's which. One of them sucks. One with a stick sucks. That's Donatello. Yeah. <laughs> Leonardo's fine to me. Mike's our uh, Ninja Turtle expert. I am a Ninja Turtle expert, at least. I'm I'm probably not as nerdy as some people on Ninja Turtles, but I love the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I'm a little rusty. I haven't watched. I never watched. I'm watching the new stuff, like, but I don't know. Maybe I'll get Leo into it. So, yeah, I th- I think you would be more the purple one. That that is yeah, that's Donatello. Nah. Yeah, that's a way better Ninja Turtle than Raphael. Raphael's like the asshole that disagrees with everybody doesn't give him the reason why he disagrees with them, goes out on his own, gets in trouble, and then the rest have to come fucking save him. Bullshit. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll watch it with uh, an open mind now. I gotta figure yep. out what it's streaming on, but uh, I'll check it out. I'm, I'm pretty sure that the, the first one, the one from like 91 or 92, is on Netflix. Pretty sure. Ooh. Nice. All right. I'll check it out then. All right. So Gabby wants to know what personality trait would you take from anybody if you could? So, from, yeah, I mean, I think the question is self-explanatory, but if you could take someone's a trait from like somebody, a specific person's like, yeah, you can say like someone's intelligence or like someone. But like that's really open ended. Um, I don't know. I don't need to be like a super genius or like super good at like sports or anything. I would just take my wife's kindness. And suck up to her, but that's so she's probably not even going to listen to this shit. You ain't got to say <laughs> stuff like that. So, so I think she listens to uh, when I'm on. I know she has before. But oh, all right. Good move then. Good I, move. I won't. Uh, I won't tell her about this. Though. I mean, I'll tell her about the episode, but not uh, the shout out. So, so she's gonna be smirking when we nailed your penis size uh, a little <laughs> smaller than average. God damn it! I want to kick that one up to Mike though. Mike, whose personality trait would you take? Just because I want to answer it, so I'm asking you two, so I get to answer it. Okay, that's fair. Uh, so I think I don't know like whose I would take. 
right? But I think like people who can tell a really good story are always kind of like the life of everything. So I, that's like, a good one. I think I might steal like that. Yeah, that that might be a better answer than mine. I was just thinking of somebody that with like very high energy and drive because I'm a lazy piece of shit. Oh, so yeah, that's like, a good one too. Like I would take like Tom Cruise's drive from. Oh, that'd be like almost too much though. That's true. Yeah, that like obnoxious. That's that's why we're the lazy fucks here, guys. Is because <laughs> that, yeah, I don't know. Working that hard seems terrible. Yep. All right, now I lost where I am. So Rini from Sparta wants to know what's the best place you've ever traveled to, or your favorite. Uh, that's a good one. Um, I would say three years ago, year before COVID, uh, Barcelona, probably my top place. Fun, old city, lots of stuff to do, good nightlife. We didn't even get to enjoy the beaches. And that was like, I don't know, that's probably one of the more, more appealing things about there too. So good this food. What time of year did you go? uh april so it wasn't it wasn't like it was like 60s probably the whole time but like it was super windy when we were by the beach the one day and like again like that that didn't even like ruin our trip at all there was so much to do it's a good place very cool i where is so i mean i know it's in spain but like it's on the mediterranean coast so like the, the east coast i guess um like the north northeast part of spain Gotcha. Because I was like trying to think. I was like, does Portugal cuck the whole ocean from from Spain? But I guess not the not the Mediterranean, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So next one. Kevin from Madison says he knows that you're a CPA. Um, if the other fans didn't know, and he wants to know what's the best uh thing to use while doing his taxes this year is tax seasons right around the corner well as you know pat and all my friends who ask i don't know anything well not that i don't know anything but i don't do taxes just i'm a cpa doesn't mean i do taxes don't do audits anymore i just do number crunching financial analysis uh so taxes uh i don't know hire an expert don't hire me okay we're going to have to bring you on and see what a CPA entails. Because how are you with uh, when friends tell you what they do? Like, actually oh, understand what like, they do. I'm just like, yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> I so mean, maybe, I, I think I understand like what a general, like a lot of professions do. But like, there's some jobs that like, like what you do on a day-to-day basis when you're doing like Air Force stuff, no clue. Other than like, yeah, I know you do like PT and like getting formation when you're sitting at your desk like i don't know what you do i'll actually do weather stuff so maybe i maybe i do a good feel i'm trying to think what like my dad would do as a supply guy in the army like yeah supplies <laughs> like i don't know all they <clears> do <throat> is like screw you over when you're turning shit back in those guys are assholes <laughs> i can see it, it. I no i'm it. just kidding the supplies guys those are guys that you want to be nice to um so you don't get screwed over when you turn your shit back in there was a follow-up question to that one, but nope, that's what it was. Where would you be your taxes? So, Mike, you got two questions in here. So, yeah. so 
You just answered that you don't deal with tax returns, but Mike wants to know, hypothetically, if he was selling meth or making money illegally, is there a good way to file that on your tax report? So I'm pretty sure drug dealers can still technically claim the cost of goods sold as like a business deduction. So let's say you earn $100, but it costs you $20 in gas to like go pick up the drugs. Technically, you can claim a portion of that like as a deduction, maybe even get some mileage on it. Uh, I don't know if anyone ever does that because I feel like they would refer you to the authorities. But I remember learning that in school and being like, oh, that's interesting, but also stupid because like no one's going to do that. Yeah, like I wonder what it, that section in the tax returns for. Is it like for gambling? Like that's that's the only thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can that's... you can like deduct things like gambling losses and stuff. I mean, illegal activity. I wouldn't put on there, but I think you can. I don't know if the rules have changed since then. I'm technically licensed. Maybe I should know these things, but uh... so I think that it probably came about because of a situation like Capone's. Right where they locked him up for tax evasion, right? But if you can't like claim taxes on something that you're doing that's illegal, how? Right, like they you know what I, I mean. That's why they have business fronts and make up that stuff. And at least they're, I mean, a good drug dealer is probably paying taxes somehow, saying they got a side business, but not saying like, on the invoice like one hundred dollars worth of drugs. All right, sir. Okay, so don't write that I'm selling meth on my taxes. Got it. All right. So, yeah. This next one's coming from Riley. So, it's a young guy. It says, What happens if you don't make a lot of money, but you don't do your taxes? So, probably, like, if anything, if you don't make a lot of money, but you're getting taxes withheld, like, on a normal paycheck, you're probably like throwing money away because you're probably going to get a refund. At year end, can you get in trouble let, for that? No, if you don't like, if you don't, oh, I mean, well, I guess there's certain things in life, like if you don't file taxes, like you're not like on the books for certain things, so like you, I don't know, you're not able to like register or do certain things. I, I don't know, but like, let's just say you don't owe the government any money and you don't file. I don't think like. I suppose there there might be some kind of non-filing penalty, but they're also not going to like. If you ever got audited, like, and they found out that you never claimed your money back, they're going to go, oh, sorry, sir. But they're probably not going to let you grab that money then either. But let's say you owe money and you don't file. I mean, it probably starts with some monetary penalties and then can escalate based on how much you owe. You have to owe interest and penalties and jail time if you're making significant dough. But low income, you're at a pretty low risk of being audited or anything anyway, so... So do your taxes because you're going to get money back. Okay. Yeah. You, I mean, you might as well. They're not even hard to do if you don't have any, if you don't have any kids and you don't have a house and you're just like a college kid, like it should take you like an hour. Mm. That hour though, man, you dread that hour for about. Not, but not if you're getting money A back. month. Yeah, I guess. I mean, maybe I should start doing my taxes. All right. <laughs> Next one. Have you ever seen an IRS agent? Not that I know of. Okay. So then you don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe someone recruited us. Like there might've been like a booth at like a career fair or something, but not that I remember. 
All right. Now we're we're taking well, we're taking the turn to more sports questions here. So is Aaron Rodgers coming back? To the Packers? Uh I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, it, it's too new. Obviously, it seemed like he played his last game and other teams like the Raiders seem like a good fit. Like I think a lot of Packers fans would be ready for him to move on. I mean, obviously some like no matter what, some people aren't going to want to move on either. I'd rather get rid of a guy one year too early than one year too late. It's probably like two years too late, but well, maybe not. I guess last year was good. But what if he comes back, wins the Super Bowl, then retires? Oh, I mean that's like the best case scenario. But that's what's going to happen. Uh, he didn't play this year like someone who could win the Super Bowl. I know, like the Packers trying to get into the, that little later run, seemed like it had a little bit of magic, but they were the same team the whole year, or at least. After like week four or whatever, just like disappointing, inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. No, offensively, no. they were not good. Yeah. No. All right, we're all stepping on each other now. So, good points, guys. Good points. All right, now we're gonna turn the Bucks corner. So, who is your favorite Bucks player of all time? Not named Giannis or Larry Sanders. <sighs> Uh, let's see. That's a good question. Um, and I've only really been a, a true Bucks fan for like 10 years. Didn't really start watching until college. Um, I mean, as a kid, I liked Michael Red, um, but I don't think I watched them enough to like really care. So let's see. I liked OJ Mayo a lot for some reason <laughs> before, like when the Bucks were bad, I, I liked, uh, I liked what he brought. Um, he wasn't very good, but for some reason I just liked him. Uh, even current bucks though, I'd say probably Pat Connaughton. Um, I, I will actually, I, Drew, uh, Drew Holiday, I would say. I like his, uh, I like his dog mentality. I like his good defense. It can be frustrating, but, uh, I don't know. He seems like a pretty cool guy. Mike, who do you got? Uh, so for me, it's Ray Allen. Pretty pretty much hands on. Uh, that's a good one, yeah. Right. So yeah. like they went to the uh Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. I must have been a freshman maybe, eighth grader. Yeah. A... And the only reason I asked is to say Desmond Mason. The well, there you go. I like it. <laughs> I had a Desmond Mason jersey, I think. He was a beast. But they only, they only had Desmond Mason because they traded Ray Allen. Yeah, but Ray Allen just went to chase rings and get no. He, re- he didn't want to leave though. He wanted no, really. Yeah, him and George Carl were at odds. See, I didn't know that. I I assumed Ray Allen wanted out. I mean, maybe maybe like, he's never like publicly said that and stuff. We don't know, but I thought I had heard something like he would have stayed here a long time if uh, I mean, who knows, right? Like the Bucks. Yeah. We're not a great franchise back then, but I think he liked it here. I don't know. Well, yeah. so they had they had like their big three were pretty good, and Cassell played in the league for another six, seven years. I don't know how long Big Dog lasted. Yeah, Glenn Robinson was getting old. I feel like at that point. Yeah, Tim I mean, Thomas he, he, he wasn't stick around too long, but yeah. Tim Thomas was was a stud. I don't think Dan Gadzarich was quite there yet, but 
Uh, Maybe with Ray Allen on the outside, then it would have been just easy peasy for him. Yeah. All right. We will get into these Bucks questions. So Mike and I are pretty transparent when we say we don't really watch the Bucks until the end of the NFL season. Um, so what is the best way? It can seem like we've been watching the Bucks the whole time, but we haven't been watching the Bucks the whole time. Like, what could we say this year? Like, oh, Grayson Allen's turned a corner or, or something like that. Um, I mean, so the team is not all that different than last year. So I feel like you could just lean on whatever you do last year. Like, oh, like Bobby Portis puts in good minutes. Or uh, uh, you could just say, oh, Chris Middleton hurt, huh? Like, that's that's tough. <laughs> I'd, I'd say those two. How good is the rookie? Does the rookie get any playing time? Uh, Bochamp? Uh, so he doesn't get a ton of playing time. I, some fans are frustrated that he doesn't get more. But I've liked what I've seen out of him so far. He's a, you know, he can be, he looks like he could be that three and D type guy. Um, he seems like he can be aggressive at times and like kind of read off, like Giannis might throw an alley-oop to him and he'll know to go up and get it. I mean, he still looks really raw at times too, but I think he's been, uh, I mean, for what draft pick he was, like in the 20s, like I think he could potentially be a piece for the team. So I'm encouraged. Yeah, I was watching last night, so that would be Wednesday night, and he he had like a quick look for a three, and he took it and he hit it. I was pretty yeah. impressed by that. I was also impressed by the alley thrown to Grayson Allen. I didn't know they did that. Yeah, that was nice I mean, to me. He's he's like one of those like people like that you say like, oh, he's sneaky athletic because he's the white guy, but he is like, I mean, he's not as athletic as like Pat Connaughton, but. He can get up. I All mean, right. to be fair, he was probably one of the best players in college basketball when he was there. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah, he's very talented. Um, and yeah, he's he just uh, hurt his ankle. I don't know if he might have been in that game, actually. My sense of time's all screwed up in January here, but um, I feel like he just got hurt. He didn't play tonight, you know. And we lost tonight. So you you watched the game. So you didn't come on till the game was over. So give us give us your breakdown of tonight's loss to the Miami Heat. What do you got for it? Yeah, I mean it was a B team game for both teams. Um, I, I forget who's all on the Heat. I think it was Mikhail Lowry, Tyler Hero. I don't even know if Jimmy Butler played. I, I watched like the, the last I don't know quarter and a half. Um, but and Giannis didn't play. Chris is out, obviously. Like I said Grayson's out. So you already weren't getting a good game. Bucks were second game of back to back. So um I think they just wanted to get their guys some rest. Um I don't know. I don't think you missed much. Bucks were uh, up by I don't know, they were up by like 14 or something early, I think. But ended up kind of flipping back to uh I don't know. That was tied at halftime and he took over in the second half, but I don't know. I don't take much from that game. Not a whole lot. Yeah. I got the Miami flu going on down there. Yeah. All right. They play Miami on Friday again too. So that's dangerous to be in the city for three nights. I'm assuming they're staying there. So. um, Oh, that'd be a good time. I think you go out one hung over game 
you're good to go. You just yeah. I mean, they, now they have Thursday to recover, so they could go out tonight if they wanted to, and then be good for Friday. I think so. I think it's good. All right. So on the season, that will make the Bucks twenty-seven and fifteen. So we did have that little shitty stretch recently where they lost four games back to back. And that is when I was not tuning in too much. But what was going on there? Was it injuries? Was it just shitty play? Um, a lot of turnovers has been the problem. Um, inconsistency and on offense has been a problem. Um I can't remember which game specifically. I mean, Giannis has been kind of streaky recently. He had like a week where he scored like 40 points, three games in a row. And then in the last like week, he's, I don't know, had a couple he gets seven points last night, for example. Like he's had a lot of hot and cold games the last couple of weeks. So obviously as he goes, the team can go sometimes. Um, but it's, the team just really misses Chris, like and being able to do offense through him and have him obviously take pressure off of, Giannis and Drew and they can't carry it. So um I don't know. I, I don't again take much stock out of it. I think there were some road games in there too. So it wasn't uh I wouldn't say it was concerning. I mean the definitely the play of the last few weeks hasn't been great, but it's also like they're missing guys and they looked at early in the year, so just could be a little slump here. So what is the diagnostic on uh Chris Middleton? I could. Look uh, they don't really that. say much. I think he's getting closer to returning. I know he practiced with the herd today. Um, it was a knee injury, like knee soreness is what they called it. But I, for some reason, I don't know why this is, but the NBA, they can be really like vague about in- injuries not to tell you. Whereas like NFL, you know, oh, this guy hurt his pinky. He's out for two weeks. Like they are pretty clear about all that stuff. Whereas like in the NBA, there's like, I don't know, holy back. <laughs> they have a brick Lopez last year in his back. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think he's getting closer though. So hopefully soon. Yeah, no, I looked it up as I was asking the question and yeah, you're right. They're like, Oh, he's just still not back yet. That's the answer. Yeah. To that yeah question. It's like terrible how untransparent they are, but I don't know. Again, as long as he's helping to the playoffs and that's what matters, but you want him to kind of come back and gel. He looked pretty rusty when, because obviously he missed a big chunk of the first part of the season with, you know, this is his hand injury, so um, that he didn't look like his old self quite. He, he had some good shots, but I don't know. He needs to play himself back into shape, too, I'm sure. All right. So Middleton's out. That could cause some crappy play. But who has been the biggest surprise on this team so far, good or bad or both, if, if you can, if you – if you can pull deep enough. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, I think Marjan Beauchamp has been a good surprise getting more out of the rookie than um, you'd think. And I think he should get some more playing time. I think Javon Carter um, was someone people wanted to see in the playoffs last year, just because what we were doing at the Celtics wasn't working and he was potentially able to play and just didn't. Um, they kind of forced Grayson Allen and some others down our throats that, didn't come up big in the playoffs, but Carter's been been good, if not inconsistent. Um, but and he, I think what he brings, like in terms of uh, defensive attitude and kind of like kind of one of those guys who can like get a steal at a key moment. Um, so I think those would be the good good ones. But 
I mean, it's a lot of what we know. We know Giannis is, is great. We know Drew can play good defense and can be streaky on offense. Um, disappointment. Uh, I haven't liked what I've seen out of Grayson Allen to where, like, I don't, I don't see him, like, being a key player when we get to the playoffs again. You know, he had that good series against the Bulls in the playoffs last year. But other than that, he's kind of a defensive liability. And if he's not knocking down threes, then I don't think you can play him. And I just, I, I don't know what his, I'd have to look at his numbers, I guess, a little more carefully. He might be shooting fine from three, but I feel like he's not shooting as good a clip as he normally would, but I could be totally wrong. Yeah. Let me see if I can pull that up with any speed, but yeah, that does kind of surprise me because the games that I've been able to tune on to or nationally televised games, for some reason, I'm always like, oh damn, he's like better than I expect him to be. But from three, yeah. Uh, so field goal percentage, he's 43.6 from the field. And then he is 38.7 from okay. three. So, yeah, so he's not like, yeah, I mean, that's fine. Like he's not shooting like 40-some percent, but he's also not terrible. But I don't know. I... I don't know. I think he's prime like piece for a trade if if that's what the Bucks want to do. Okay. That is further down the line of questions. <laughs> but since you brought it up, so do you see any trades happening before the trade deadline? I mean, every year John Horst has gotten some extra piece. Um I'm trying to think back now that I'd say that I probably should show my work, but like they traded for Miritich a few years ago. They um, Abaca last year that didn't seem to work out, but was insurance from when Brook Lopez was hurt. Um, so I think they probably have some trade again. It's probably at the margins. Earlier this year, they it was rumored that uh, Jay Crowder would be someone we trade for. Um, another guy who can shoot threes and play good defense. He has been sitting out, uh, not playing with the Suns. Uh, but you'd have to give up. Uh, probably Grayson Allen and George Hill, if anyone wants them, or maybe George Hill and Jordan Nora. Um, so I don't know how appealing that trade package is for anyone, but any move they make is going to be in the margins to improve like their, you know, seventh or eighth guy off the bench. It's not, I don't think there's any major moves. They don't really have any cap room or um, much, you know, future draft picks or anything to move to make a huge splash, I'd say. Is is Angles doing anything since he's been back? Yeah, I think it actually that, that might even play into some of the struggles the team's had because I think he started off rusty just because he hadn't played in about a year and uh, coming off an ACL injury. But it, it was either last night or the game on Monday. Uh, he had like a season high, something like 17 or 18 points. Um, he can really shoot it from three. He's good at playmaking. Um, you can run some offense through him. So. I think that might have been part of the struggle, though, is that the team's just getting used to how he plays versus, um, you know, the other guys in the team. And he's really one of the only new pieces. So that could help explain, you know, Giannis maybe not being as comfortable at times. And I think they're they're working on gelling. And I think ultimately will be a good – as long as he's hitting his threes and able to shoot well and, you know, run some offense, I think, I think he's going to be a, a decent piece again. Someone you can bring up. He's a big body. You can bring him in in the playoffs. Probably doesn't play a ton of minutes, but um, 
I, I like what I've seen out of him so far, but he's also old too. So he's liable to get hurt or he's like 35, I think. So keep an eye on that, I suppose, but uh, we'll see. Results 30, 35. Stuff. He's old as shit, Mike. I yes. know. God, ancient. All right. So this is one straight from Twitter. So I think this was in the four game losing stretch where I've seen a lot of Budenholzer hate. And I was just curious do you think that's warranted? Are we in the Jason Kidd is holding this team back type stretch that's going on? I don't know shit about like, I guess I think basketball might be one of the sports where the coaching is the most important because you're taking people in and out so often. So, so I guess that, that question's fair. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think that, I don't think Bud is the reason they, they're losing games. I don't know that he has a lot of options right now. with some of the guys being hurt. Um, yeah. Another thing too, I think it was during losing like Drew Holiday was out with like a non COVID illness. So probably had the flu or something like, you can't help, you know, there's only so much you can do with your lineups. Um, again, you're messing with your second best player in Chris Middleton. So I don't blame Bud. I mean, there's times he's frustrating or I would say the biggest frustration from Bucks fans is that people want to see Marjan play more just to see what we have in him. Um, so I, I, that's a valid critique. You definitely should be, especially if on a night like tonight, like I don't know how many minutes he got, but there's no reason to not let him see the floor. Significant, significant amount of the time Giannis is sitting or even in games where we're blowing someone out or anything like that. Um, so there's that, but I don't know. I, I don't know anything strategically that, that if anything, I think he's made some good moves this year where they changed the defense a little bit uh, up from prior years to not give up as many open threes. And it's definitely working in the early season. I haven't looked at the numbers recently, but um, no, I think, I think, but is fine. He's definitely, you know, I don't think he's an, a plus coach, but I also don't think he's like a C or a D. He's probably just a solid B. I like it. I like it. So I'm not going to make you go all around the NBA this time. Last time we made you pick everybody from the NBA, you mopped the floor with uh, the R dog, M dog, and the B dog. So we just want to know who is the biggest threat to a fully healthy Bucks team in the East. Yeah. That's it. That's, yeah. That's definitely the Celtics. Um, they obviously gave them trouble last year. They've had the best record. They've looked the best they have. They're just really deep. They really brought in Malcolm Brogdon. They, um, I, you know, I don't know how long he's playing, but Sam Hauser off the bench is another new guy they have. Um, Robert Williams is healthy. They have, you know, someone who can defend the paints and rebound and, you know, attempt to stop Giannis, um, which is a problem. So I think, I think it's them. Um, the rest of the East, there's some good teams. I'm not like, I, I think the Bucks are right. The Bucks and the Celtics, I think are the two clear best teams. The Nets have kind of come on strong the last couple of weeks. Um, but I think Durant's actually going to be out for a little bit here now too. So, they could fall off. Um, but they kind of snuck up. They, they, they were on like a, I don't know, 10 or 11 game win streak. So they're probably in second place right now. But is I Ime, mean, the, oh, sorry, go ahead. Is Ime Aduko 
actually coaching them yet, or is that no? He's out the whole season, I think. Oh, okay. uh, so it's uh, I feel like his name's Joe. <laughs> I forget exactly what it is. Um, but uh, it's Joe. <laughs> yeah, that's what we go with when we don't know names. It's just no, it definitely is. It's like Joe Muzu. I don't know. It's something stupid. I should know what it is. Um, he's been fine. Like I don't think. I don't think they missed a beat. And he makes a good coach, but um, I, I don't know. So yeah, they definitely worry me. But the the Nets, like the Bucks, took him a few years ago. So I don't think they're scared of like Durant. Like his mystique is it's there, but it's not like the Bucks are afraid of that. So I don't think yeah. the Sixers are good enough. I mean, I don't want to eat my words, but I don't know. They seem inconsistent. The, the Cavs are too young. So it's got to be those three in it. Those three teams at the top: Bucks, Nets, Celtics, and Celtics. Bucks probably above the Nets. I like it. That's what I like to hear. Uh, I mean, I'm always scared of Kevin Durant because even in the 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 year that we took them, uh, I mean, if his toe wasn't on the line, I can't remember if that like tied would have tied the game or whatever. He he tied scared. he tied the game. He would have took the lead as a three pointer. Oof! Yeah, that would yeah. have been brutal. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, Kevin Durant is still, yeah, one of the best players and could easily take over a series, take over games. But I don't know. I don't know if they have a lot to stop Giannis either. And who knows? You never know. You're getting with Kyrie on night to night basis. Ever since he kind of stopped. Uh, <laughs> whatever he was doing. Um, I'd be seen if they got along better. Ben Simmons is kind of rounding into form, but I don't think, I don't know. I'm just not as scared as the Celtics who, who I know are, are young and good and can shoot well and can punish a lot of the things the Bucks do well. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm surprised to see Kyrie's averaging 26 points a game this year, not because of his talent level, just, I, I guess, I mean, that's average per game. So he's played 30 games. So I guess his problem is more if he actually plays the game or doesn't. Play. Yeah, it's, it's all the off-the-court stuff. I mean, he's there. He's pretty – I mean, he's not as good as Durant, but he's obviously a talented player, all-star level player, so can't discount him completely. But, yeah, they've kind of put together a nice little win streak. So we'll, we'll see. I don't want to see them in the playoffs, but got to kind of go through some of these teams anyway, if you want to be the best. So I like it. Mike, do you got anything left? Cause that's all the ammunition I had in the clip. No, I think you covered it all, Pat. I appreciate Kyle coming on and helping us like round out what the bucks are this season. That's, that's yep. good. So now we're, we're all caught up, ready to start tuning in. So yeah. now we'll, be watching the games on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it's Bucks season, so no, uh, no Packers. I mean, kind of Badger season now too, with all the recruiting stuff. That I know you guys got uh, Keel as the expert there, but that's been fun to watch too. Oh yeah, that's a, super exciting. Yep, we were just talking about that before you got on. Uh, Keel told us we were getting uh, CJ Williams, yep. and we got CJ Williams. So he did a good job on that part. But thank you for being our Bucks expert, Kyle. We're probably going to make you come back on uh, one more time now that we 
know all this uh, wonderful stuff about you. And, and like I said, thank you. Thanks for the info. Do you got anything to close with? Do you got anything we didn't touch? No, no, I think we covered it. I think we're all good. I'm too good. It's always all covered. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what you get when you have two experts running the show. So make my, my job easy as correspondent. All right. Thank you. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Thank you, Kyle, for coming on. Uh, that was barking about the Bucks with K9 Kyle. Now we're gonna roll straight, now we're gonna roll straight into our uh weekly picks. We're going to have 500 bing bongs on each game through the playoffs. And so we'll get her started right away with our Saturday games. And we are going to I was gonna say we're gonna go right to them, but I'm Losing them. And we got the Seahawks at the 49ers. The 49ers are minus 10 in this game Saturday at 3.30. So I'm going with the 49ers. Um, that line speaks to me. The 49ers have just been the team to beat to me in the NFC. I mean, obviously that's because Jalen Hurts has been out, but I'm going to go Niners. So I'm going to take the Niners here too. I think that right now I don't see a team that can compete with them in the NFC. Uh, I would be interested to see if somebody figures out how to kind of change that up a little bit though. I, I would be, I would be happy to see that. I'd God, I don't know if I want to see either of those teams win. Yeah. There's no, there's nobody in the NFC. I want to see go to the Super Bowl. None. I'm trying to think. Here. So Eagles got the one seed and surprisingly the Eagles might be my least disappointing one. Cause obviously I don't want the Vikings going. I don't want the bucks going Cowboys. I don't really care about. So I know there's the nineties hate for the Cowboys, yeah. but if, if they ran the table, I wouldn't be too heartbroken. I don't deal with too many Cowboys fans. Yeah. So I think, I can deal with the Giants. And the Giants have broke our hearts a few times too. But I think I could deal with the Giants winning it all. Yeah. I think. I mean, yeah, pick your poison. It's it's not going to be pretty. I think the best thing that I can have come out of these playoffs is the Vikings just losing in a heartbreaking fashion. And the or Jaguars just stopped. If they got beat by 30 in the playoffs, how – like? That would be awesome. I think that's heartbreaking, though. Uh, yeah, you're. Yeah, you're not wrong. To them, because even when they did the NFC Championship against the Giants and just got shit on, that that made me smile from like <laughs> ear to ear for for quite some time. So I just want to see a bad Vikings loss, and then maybe a little bit of a Jags push, but. I kind of homered up the Jags uh, in this in this thing, but anyways, you want to roll in the next game? Yeah, yeah, we got. So speaking of the Jags, we got the Chargers minus one and a half at the Jaguars, seven fifteen on Saturday night. I'm taking the Jags. I think they win this game outright. Surprise the hell out of the Chargers, mostly because I don't like the Chargers. But who you got, Pat? 
I got the Jags as well, and this feels very homerish to me because I think Mike's alluded to it earlier in the season. I mean, obviously, he stayed away from the Staley slander on this one, but they just kind of got all their guys back, and for some reason, this line screams to me that the Chargers are going to win it because I think coming off like the win, the Jaguars are hot. They won their Super Bowl. They made it to the playoffs. I would really think the Chargers are going to win this one. But since I live in the area and I want to see these people happy, I'm going to pick the Jags. You're such a good person, Pat. Uh, So they did lose Mike Williams, which I do think changes their offense quite a bit. He got hurt in the last game because Brandon Saley was stupid enough to play everybody for the whole four quarters. Ah, couldn't make it all the way through without some Staley slander. So. Anyway, next up, we got the Dolphins at the Bills. Bills are minus 13 and a half here. Um, who you got, Pat? I got the Bills. I think it's going to be an ass whooping. I don't think two is back. I probably should have looked into that a little bit more. Um, I don't think I, he's back either. Yeah, and I don't even think Bridgewater is back. So I think it's a third-string quarterback heading up to the Bills. And... I mean, when the Bills need to get the job done, uh, they they got it done. So I'm going to take the so, Bills, and I'm going to take the Bills by a lot. So I think I'm under the impression that the Dolphins are going to figure out how to keep this close. I don't think they have any chance of winning this game, but I I think there's an opportunity that they can keep it close. Um, you you love when you get some big points. Yeah. Well, I think in the NFL, I think especially in the playoffs, like – Blowouts are rare. Yeah. Yeah, and I love giving big points just because I think Vegas is messing with me. So we'll see how that goes. It hasn't turned out for me well this year. So if you guys are paying attention to this, any game that's been like a 12-point spread or more, it's been a pretty rare cover, I feel like. I, I know I got one of them last week, but I can't remember exactly what game that, that was last week. I think. No, I'm not even going to say what I think. Because I thought maybe it was the Steelers, but I don't think they would have been favored by too much. But anyways, we can go on to the next team. Yeah, so we got the Giants at the Vikings. The Vikings are minus three Sunday at 3.30. I'm taking the Giants here mostly because I hate the Vikings. And I would much rather see the Giants win. So I think both these teams are good in some ways, bad some ways. Like it's a pretty good matchup early, but I'm going to take the Vikings because I don't think it's quite heartbreaking enough uh, for them to lose the first game. Maybe it is. Maybe that's where I need to see them get bounced, but I'm going to take the Vikings in this one, just being a solid team. And I just, don't think the Giants are that good, so I'll take them. All right, next up we got the Ravens at the Bengals. The Bengals are minus nine and a half. Um, who you got, Pat? So, like we alluded to in Hot in the Streets when we were rushing through it, Lamar Jackson's out. I'm going to take the Bengals, and I'm going to take the Bengals in an ass whooping. And now that I keep saying this, I think I took every favorite besides the Chargers, but. I told you guys why. 
Yeah, so I'm going to take the Ravens here, and I same as the Dolphins-Bills game. I think that they figure out a way to keep this close. I don't think they have any chance of winning this game. Um, Bengals are the better team, but I think Harbaugh knows that without Lamar Jackson, he's going to have to do something wonky, and he's going to try to figure it out. Next up, we got the Cowboys minus two and a half at the Bucks. Um, that's that's on a Monday night. We think that's stupid. We already mentioned that. Um, I'm going to take the Bucks here. I don't. I just don't like the way the Cowboys play, and I think if Dak gets into like a into like a slight slump, and their defense isn't creating the turnovers, which I would assume. Tom Brady doesn't do in the playoffs. I think the Cowboys are way, way worse. So Cowboys without turnovers are not nearly the team that they are when they do get. Yeah. And I mean, both of these teams kind of had their seeds set before week 18. So it's tough to look at week 18 and, and say like what these two teams are going to do. And then also, both of them, when they needed to win in week 17, went out and whooped some ass. So, I mean, or won the game. So, the Bucs won 30-24 against the Panthers. Uh, but they looked like they were humming a little bit more. But anyways, I'm going to take the Cowboys. Uh, I just think that's the end of the road for Brady. I, I do still think he's good. I just think that Bucks team has just been way more clunky than the Cowboys. I mean, their record says it all. They have a losing record going into the playoffs and wouldn't be here if they were playing in any other division than the NFC South. So, yeah, Cowboys. I mean, it definitely doesn't make them good, right? Like, just to, because you're in the playoffs, that doesn't make you a good team. Yeah, not um, this year for them. So, I would imagine you are rooting for the Jags to win the Super Bowl if possible. That that's that would be my dream scenario. So you did do the Jags in a double dog, and I looked at all these games and I picked the favorites in every one besides that one. So I have to copy you with my double dog. So I'm sorry, I'm doing it late. No, that's I, that's the only dog I got. I think that's fine. Um, I I don't think any other dogs. I think the Bucks maybe win, but I don't think any other dogs like really have a good opportunity. Well, maybe I mean I guess I said I'd like the Giants to win, but I don't know if they have a really good opportunity to win. Yeah, no, the way that I pick these games, it is gonna be a boring ass wild card weekend. And that doesn't tend to happen. So I think I like your picks more than my picks after like looking at it because there's going to be some close games there and yeah i just got to learn to pick and choose which one's going to be good like is it going to be the Bengals ravens game or is it going to be the dolphins bills game yeah because there is a there is a decent probability that one of those games because there's what three games that are like almost 10 point favorites so that nine and a half over nine and a half there's three games over nine and a half one of those probably actually will be a blowout, yeah. but two of them probably won't be. Yep. 
Yeah, so you have the 49ers one being a blowout, and then you got the other two being anyway fairly close. Yeah, with the um with the bingongs going to 500, this is going to get a little bit wild with where these numbers end up for the year because right now we're only 600 apart. Yeah. Yeah. It's a close, not game. even 550, 560. Yeah. It is a close game. So Mike's at negative 1940 and I'm at negative 2,500. So we're pretty close moving it up to 500 kind of an experiment to see uh what happens when people start what's that called being on Chasing. edge or tilt on tilt on tilt so so we're we're turning it into the on tilt bing bongs for the playoffs so we'll see we'll see how this experiment goes i don't think it's going to go well i think i'm going to be at less money by the end, but, but we will see. Yeah. And so like this week's going to be pretty telling because we have four different picks this week too. So like what kind of shakes out from there? That's, that'll be an interesting case, but I guess if you get two and I get two, then it evens up. Right. Yep. Anyway, uh, that's kind of our bing bong challenge, the full tilt bing bong challenge. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, Pat likes to say this, but we love you guys. Keep tuning in. Um, I'm going to let Pat take her out from here. And if any of you suckers are doubting the Brewers, the Badgers, the Bucks, or the Packers to win the Super Bowl next year, you can eat our shorts. Roll it. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't need my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't need my shorts. Beat em. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't need my shorts. Eat my shorts.